So I've got an announcement. Announcement? I've only been away, would it? Five days at the golf and I come back to an announcement. Yes, exactly. You should never leave me. Learn your lesson. Never, ever <laughs> leave me, Gigi, because I make terrible decisions. Oh, wow. Okay, so you've got an announcement. You make terrible decisions. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna brace myself for what's to come. Go on, then. I'm coming out of retirement. <laughs> Was that not the reaction you wanted? <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting quite so much laughter. <laughs> Um, no, but seriously, I've actually been, I'm, I'm in Loughborough at the moment. I'm training. I've been training for five hours a day. I've been on court hitting with all of the top national players at uh, my brother's uh, National Academy in Loughborough. I've been putting in some serious work. I feel ready. I, f- I really feel ready. But if we're being honest, I'm not actually going to come out of retirement. <laughs> but I feel like I could, and that would be for the second time as well if I were to do that. Much like Kim Kleiss's. I've just been inspired by Kim this week. And I'm back hitting and I thought, well, maybe I could do it as well. Wow. I mean, I was I was almost going to say congratulations, but then you retracted the announcement. So uh, <laughs> we're kind of as you were. But uh, the, um, the Kim Kleiss's news, it was quite weird because I was up at the golf surrounded by obviously golf people and I was looking on social media and I saw the Kim Kleiss I someone I saw Kim Kleiss was trending and I thought what's going on here so I had a look and saw the video that she did about coming out of retirement and I I sort of went oh my god Kim Kleiss is coming out of retirement and I looked around and there was nothing because I'm with everyone's golf (laughs) and they're sort of looking at me and I'm like, why is this not a big deal <laughs> to, to all these people here in this media centre? And I thought, because it's golf and they are actually not interested. So it was, kind of, it was kind of weird to be in a sort of sporting environment. But largely everyone just was like, OK. And I'm like, this is huge. And they're like, OK. And I'm like, all right, then. <laughs> it's, it's big. I mean, it was I was I, w- I was shocked. I was surprised. I was, I don't know, what What did you think when you saw it, heard it? Well, it's big news. That's, that's what I think. Firstly, I mean, what a well-produced video. Who does a video wow. for coming out yeah. of retirement like that? I mean, that must have cost a whack to do properly. <laughs> Proper production and everything, <laughs> bit of music in the background. Well scripted. The whole thing, it was quite dramatic, wasn't it? It was very dramatic. It was very, but look, you're a Grand Slam champion. You've been out of retirement before. I mean, you, you've got to do this. You've got to do it properly. I guess the thing is, it's, wow. I mean, I don't know. Have you, why do you think she's doing it? Oof. That's the question. Well, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I mean, so what she said is that she wants to feel strong again. That she, of course, loves her kid and has dedicated time to her, her kids Three of them, not one. I said kid. Three of them. Um, So she's been doing that. That's what she always wanted to do and she loves it. But uh, that she wants to look after herself a little bit more and and that sort of thing. I think she's been enjoying training again. And once again, blame Wimbledon. It's definitely their fault. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with this. This is an amazing situation. And what happened last time, she played the opening of... um, centre court the centre court roof way back when and then thought hey actually I'm pretty good came back and (laughs) I came out of retirement it went quite well I mean it cannot go better than it did last time that's just that's not possible she basically came back and won everything and won slams it felt like the video as you say I mean it was so dramatic and you said oh well you know last time she came out of retirement yeah it went really well so I can kind of understand a dramatic video 
<laughs> because it's like, guys, I'm coming back and winning some slams. I did this before. Uh, but I think it might be a little bit different now. It's it's a tough one. Um, Kim Kleisters is 36 years of age. As she said, she's really enjoyed getting fit and enjoying the training. But I just look, you know better than me. I've I've never traveled on the tour in any capacity. I go to some tournaments and I come back. And that for me is, is quite a long time away from home. And I don't do that much traveling. But it's it'll be fascinating to find out because it's it's tough when you've been the best in the world at what you do you've been number one in the world and you've been winning grand slams and when you came out of retirement you won another grand slam it's interesting to know the expectations is she going to be happy to be middle of the road because there'll be a time she'll be offered wild cards and there'll be so much goodwill because she's such a wonderful person but I, I assume there'll be a time when that has to come to an end and it will be on on ranking and getting into tournaments and I don't know maybe even qualify I mean I don't know how this is going to go and it, it's interesting to know the motivation because as as you know it's a massive dedication and you add in and a family and a traveling it's I'm just so fascinated to see find out a little bit more about the reason I get all the reasons you kind of want to be you again and get back to doing I mean I was saying to you that today is kind of my first day of of uh, nothingness <laughs> sounds a bit random but been working very hard through the summer then the tennis and the golf the boys now go to school so I was saying to you that once we finish the podcast I I it's a day when I don't have anything to do and it's amazing because <laughs> I can actually do, I can do whatever I want today. And it and it's, it is that really nice feeling of freedom and suddenly you can do something for you. So I kind of get that wanting to do, not that I'm going to start a new career. <laughs> I'm not going to make a return. I'm not going to make any announcements. I'm probably just going to relax a little bit today. But it's, so I get the wanting to do something for yourself and, and maybe not just be viewed as the twins mum or this, but it's but it's look you know this better than me it's a big commitment coming back and playing professionally right yeah but Kim knows that better than anyone it is I quite enjoyed uh, so many of the players tweeting about it being like oh wow welcome back Kim I bet they're all at home being like oh Really? <laughs> this is just not what we need. <laughs> Another one. Can't believe it. If I'm being honest, I look at the top part of the game and it's something I've been thinking about for a while. I don't think we've really spoken about it, but the top part of the women's game, I really feel like in the last 12 months has kicked on massively. Halep's playing at a new level. We've now got Osaka, Barty, Andreescu. The level that they've played at, the amount of winning that they've done, I mean, the amount of top 10 players that Andreescu, well, she hasn't lost to any, uh, has has had winning a couple of slams for Osaka, Barty with her completely different game style. I feel like we've got a lot of areas covered. And for me, like you, you were saying about Andreescu being possibly the most complete player, uh, definitely right now, but you possibly look at any players historically in terms of her game, she's she's got everything, everything there. And definitely the top top of the game the top four or five I believe is at a higher standard than it was before which means it's going to be tougher to win Grand Slams which is what Serena has been finding out every time in a Grand Slam she comes up against somebody who is playing at this sort of top top level and uh, and she, she hasn't been able to to match it I don't think it's because she can't I just think she hasn't been able to in slams at the moment but for Kim it's uh yeah you said will she be happy being middle of the road <sighs> It was tough to tell from what she said and her lovely 
uh, little movie that she put out. <laughs> it was a mini movie, wasn't it? It might it might win an Oscar for short film of the year. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I mean, but, but when you say middle of the road, what does that mean to you? Like what ranking? Oh, I'm thinking, and, and I'm going by her standards yeah. and I'm going by the player she is. I'm looking at around 40, 50 in the world. When you're used to being at the upper, 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 upper echelons of the game, are, are you then happy being at around 40 or 50? I think she will for sure get to 40 or 50. Um, I think the most likely is that she might push on a little further than that. So seeded at slams, I, I could see that happening. And look, once you're seeded at slams, what happens after that? Who knows? But um, that would be my kind of top estimation for it. I would so love to be proved wrong. None of the other players want me to be proved wrong. There would be more. This <laughs> is fine. Just, just leave it there. Competing for slams, uh, you know, look, I, I don't see it. But then, boy, look at what she did when she came back last time. And she clearly loves playing. I think it's been such a fascinating sort of complex relationship with tennis that Kim has had over the years because she loves to compete. She absolutely loves it. She retired so young because she really wanted to have a family that was more important to her. Now, I totally get that for people who maybe are not necessarily enjoying it as much or maybe they struggle with the lifestyle or whatever, but that was such a bold um, statement. She'd always said that that was what was going to happen. I don't think anyone believed her and then it happened and then she prepared, trained a little bit for that uh, opening of Centre Court, the roof, played there and then thought, actually, I love this and then came back and clearly she loved it. You could see how excited she was on the court. I mean, it was extraordinary what she was able to do, the big matches and then just winning, just winning all the time and she went right back up to the top of the game. So, yeah, I don't expect it to be as easy. I think she's probably understanding it's going to be more difficult this time but uh oh i mean it's ambitious isn't it yeah um we're going to miss her in the commentary box because she was starting to do a fair bit in the media maybe that was another side to it as well she was at the tournaments on a regular basis either in the radio or television commentary box or on the tv set and maybe she just she didn't want to be that side of it maybe it was just that yearning together with the children getting a little bit older starting to get a little bit of yourself back and watching it from the commentary box was just, she had the urge to be out there and thought, and she's got her academy as well. She's still so heavily involved in the game. It's it, Can we also say welcome back to Tatiana Golovin? Yes. Who got to what, number 12, round 12 and around 2008. She has, and, and you were wondering, we were talking about this before, had she planned her announcement for that day or the Kim Clijsters wonderfully produced video came out and she thought okay quickly maybe I'll just just get the announcement out now but she, I mean she's had a lot of injury problems but um she's a little bit younger at around 31 also a big move but but you know why not you know give it another go if 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 you really miss it and really feel maybe in the sense of Tatiana Golova more so that you didn't achieve what you possibly could have done and you're feeling fit and healthy why not yeah Absolutely. It is a why not. And it's it's your life. Do what you want with it. And if they enjoy the the life being on tour and want to do that again and, and put in the full commitment, then they're fantastic. I mean, it's quite addictive. I mean, we've seen that, haven't we, from a lot of players. They The, the feeling of walking out onto to court, it's, you know, the adrenaline, you just don't really get that that much <laughs> in life in general. 
it's uh, it's quite it's quite a buzz. It's something that you'd never forget. But that's the adrenaline when you're playing at the top level. If you're playing at smaller tournaments, I, I imagine there's always an element of adrenaline. But there's you know if there's like I don't know 25 people and a dog watching, it, it's not the same as walking out onto Arthur Ashe or or Rod Laver. And and when Kim play Kim also plays in the Grand Slams. Yes, she's going to be on those courts because she deserves to be because she's a winner in Australia. She's a winner in the US finalist and the French semi-finalist at Wimbledon. So she deserves to be back out on those courts. But I guess it's the tournaments around that when you don't have all the people. And I guess that's when, you know, you know, are you doing it purely for the, the love of it? Have you missed it? Do you, it's, uh, I, it's going to be fascinating. It, it was honestly, as I say, in the middle of the, the media centre at Glen Eagles, the Solheim Cup, I was like, wow, this is huge. And <laughs> all these people kind of looked at me and I was like, for you, not so huge. <laughs> was, and I had no one to talk to. It was quite weird. Can you promise me one thing? If you decide to come out of retirement and you're still young, you can still do it. Can we can we put together a lovely movie like that? Can we do it properly? <laughs> I don't know if it'll be lovely and I don't know if anyone will watch it. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it. Can I maybe direct it? Can I, can I direct the video? Yes. Well, I mean, I'm I mean, I'm just not coming out of retirement, so that's it. But you know what? It is weird. Okay, like I'm at Loughborough. And it is a bizarre thing. I mean, you know, my brother's here. He's the head coach. You also got Louis Kaye here uh, because he's the uh, performance uh, advisor on behalf of the LTA. So he comes up for lots of weeks a year um, and works and, and collaborates on the whole thing. So I'm here hitting. And look, I've always been a very intense player. I pretty much have two gears this is on or off. Like, <laughs> it's, it, it's uh, you know, I didn't really do kind of, you know, somewhere in the middle. So I always feel really bad, especially I'm not here. But if I'm hitting with like a 12 year old who's kind of not bad at tennis, I'm kind of like, well, I'm either just really not very good and I'm just like, missing all the time and I can't, <laughs> I can't do anything. Or I'm playing flat out and I feel really bad. <laughs> it's like super intense. I don't. It's just always been my kind of safety net being intense, I guess. But, you know, I'm training and, and, and when I hit and when I play, you know, I, I, I play at a good level. And I, I always loved to train. And there's nothing like, I mean, that work. It's just, you just get in the zone. And I've been talking to the kids about it up here when we've had some great sessions and they've absolutely busted themselves, worked harder physically and mentally than they've ever worked before. And they just, at the end, it's just like, that was so much fun. You know, when you really kind of get that and, and it is so addictive. And I've been, <laughs> did five hours of that yesterday of basically training at max level because I'm trying to show these kids what it's like to be a professional, but I haven't been a professional for nine years. So it's quite it's quite difficult. But I do, I just love it. And then and Louis was just like, like, oh my God, like you still play like this? And I thought, well, I don't, I don't do it very often, but when I get the chance to hit with somebody good, then yeah, I love to. I, I love to do it. And hopefully whenever I get weeks off in my schedule, I can pop up to Loughborough and spend some time and uh, and, and do that sort of thing. Uh, but it's just, yeah, you know, the intensity and just everything about it, just going kind of full throttle. I just absolutely love it. But yeah, 10 hours in two days is, uh, well, that's more than I would have done as a professional. <laughs> and I mean, these kids are good. They are, they're 14, 15. They're the best in the country. They are wanting to be professional tennis players. And uh, yeah, they, they've done incredibly well, actually, with um, with matching kind of 
what I've been putting on the court. It's not necessarily the quality of the strike. It's more about the intensity, the relentlessness. That That's actually almost more... Because um, you get that with experience. So that's something they haven't really experienced before. But um, it's it's just such a weird relationship because I stopped playing when I was 21 because I, I hated it, basically. If you want to sum it up in a sentence. This is what Louis said to me, why did you stop playing? Because he's looking at me going, you clearly love this. So why on earth did you stop? And I just said, well, I mean, we didn't have much time. So I just said, well, I hated it. So there you go. <laughs> like, because it, I hated that part. It was the traveling, the lifestyle, being on your own. Um, I was young. I didn't really like myself very much as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, don't like themselves. You have to spend a lot of time with yourself. And and I, I just really, really struggled with the life. But the, the training and the competing, I just absolutely loved. Um but unfortunately, to be able to do that, you've got to travel around the world for 10, 11 months a year, be permanently jet lagged. And that is a, a really tough, tough ask. So that's that's for you a deal breaker. That is 100 percent. Even if you're out there and you're loving it and you're getting that adrenaline and thinking, I want to see if I can do this again. I want to see if I can give it another go. The deal breaker for you is what you would have to do in terms of the the traveling to to do it yeah to get to the tournaments i mean it's not i don't really have an issue with flying i don't particularly enjoy it i'd much rather not be flying i found it difficult to be permanently tired permanently jet lagged i didn't really have any close relationships or close friendships when i was on the road so you know i'd win a match and you know you kind of get your phone out and you want to phone somebody or text somebody i didn't really kind of you know have too much of of that so I just found it very very tough and it was very draining that was the most difficult part it was really draining and you know what the biggest thing was is I did not expect it I had no idea that's what it was like I was always prepared for how tough the tennis was going to be I think I was always ready for how tough the training was going to be how tough the competition was going to be all the way up to the top level nothing really surprised me but my word it it just slapped me around the face when I first started traveling full time of just how relentless it is. It is not like you're you go for a three week trip and then a couple of week a couple of months later you go for a couple of weeks and then you do that. Like it's not like that. And there are a lot of coaches that will do that. They might do six trips a year with their international players or national players that that play internationally. And they'll do these six trips of two weeks a year. And they, and they say to me, like, oh, I love traveling. I oh, really do you. <laughs> okay. Well, when it's for, for 38 weeks a year, it's, <laughs> you know, and it, it's, it can be very, very difficult. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's why I stopped. And then I actually, but I came back a few years later. I, did, I didn't do a video. That's probably where I went wrong. <laughs> I didn't do a fully produced Oscar worthy short film about my return. But I, I decided to come back because, again, I'd been hitting and I was just, thinking I just love this and I mean I love it so much like so much I, I just you know I really do enjoy it I, I've almost through the years deliberately stayed away from those positions because I don't want to be reminded about how much I love it because I can't have it you know so that's the thing I can't I can't have it but I love it so much and I, I went back a second time and I was uh, probably on the road for in total about nine months but uh, and it, I moved very quickly. I, I did really well. Um, ranking kind of flew up quite comfortably with ease over the first few months. And it was about six months in where I started thinking, OK, right. 
yeah, I'm remembering how horrible this is. Yeah, it's just it's a very it's a very complicated thing. Um, but I definitely over the past few years have stayed away from training with these sorts of players. I mean, I've done it. I mean, but you know, I, I'd happily, <laughs> I'd happily have Nick kind of employ me and just do it all day, every day. I mean, I'm just in my element, and I just absolutely love it. Uh, I mean, my wrist is falling off. I can tell you that. <laughs> my knee <laughs> is screaming at me this morning, <laughs> but I'm just telling them that that's because I'm old and it's it's fine. Um, yeah, but just that very strange relationship of I love it, but I can't have it. And I think for Kim, hers is really fascinating because she clearly loves playing and everything to do with playing the traveling nothing seems to be a problem for her which is amazing but she also has just been completely dedicated and passionate and and I suppose desperate to, to have a family that's what she always wanted to do and as you can see it has historically been pretty impossible to do the two together we are getting more and more kind of a look into the fact that okay now it seems to be possible and actually the break that Serena took was not that long Clysis has taken two very, very long breaks, uh, but that's because she never really planned to come back. But um, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, no, I, I I can't wait to see her back on, on tour and also Tatiana Golova and no Naomi Cavaday back on tour. Is it um, up at Loughborough, is that a big thing then, talking to the, the, the boys and girls about the travelling side of things and it's not just getting out there and hitting and, and working on maybe the mental side of things, pre- preparing them for, because I was speaking to a former Chelsea player last night who I was working with around the Champions League um, and he's gone into management and he's not managing at the moment and I was asking you know would he like to go back into that and and then I said to him it's probably nice because now you can be with your family you don't need to do the traveling he said but I love the traveling he said I, I and a bit like Andy Murray Andy Murray said he missed the traveling and the guy I was talking to you said no no he said I love that side of things I love going away. I love traveling. I said that part of things I, I could happily do um, again. And, and for him with a family, it was just especially being a manager. You have to dedicate almost 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can almost never switch off. And it's quite a lonely place to be as a manager in that situation. But for him, the, the traveling wasn't a problem. So everyone likes and and dislikes. I, I know Naomi Brody doesn't like flying which is incredible because she seems to be on a plane every day. Um, but then she loves going to the places she goes to. But I guess it's about preparing these young guys that, it, yes, you can get out there and you can hit really well, but there's the other bit of the life that you've got to prepare yourself for, right? Absolutely. And uh, it is a very important conversation, I think, to have with them. It probably I'll, I'd probably start talking to them about that later down the line. As I say, I will hopefully come visit and just hit... I'm not employed here. I'm not one of their coaches. I'm not a coach, really. I kind of come up and it's just more of a mentor. And I think it's quite good for them because it's a little bit of a link. So even if, I mean, some of them want to be number one in the world. Um, You know, some of them want to be professional players, top 100. They all have different goals about what they want to do in tennis. And it's, it's nice just to have that step between them and their goals as in, okay, they, their goals might be much higher than what I ended up achieving, but to achieve their goals, they have to do what I did. They're, they're going to have to go through that. And actually what I did, I did it very young. Um, if they're, they're 14. I mean, I was 17 when I first played in the main draw of Wimbledon. So, and, and I played Fed Cup and was, was pushing on up and playing Grand Slam qualifying and that sort of thing. So, you know, it, it really relates to them. And, you know, I can kind of stand there in front of them and say like, yeah, yeah okay, you want to do it? Right, I've done it. So, 
you know, let, let's figure it out. But I'll definitely get to the conversations about travel because I do think that if I'd been more prepared for it, I would have been able to deal with it a little, little bit better because it was just... I don't know, it was just always talked about as this really exciting thing, just being a professional tennis player and just, oh, wow, you're playing so well. You can be a professional tennis player. You can do it. Look, you're winning. Your ranking's moving. Oh, now you're going to get to play in slams and this and that. Everything was just exciting. And I and I didn't feel like anyone had any recognition of, like, actually, a lot of this is really, really hard. Um, and for some people, it, it's not that hard, like you were saying. I know plenty of people that just love it I mean you look at Venus Williams I mean she must absolutely love it she's still going and I'm just looking at her thinking oh my god you basically had a full career before I started playing (laughs) I retired nine years ago this is madness but you know she she loves it she loves all of it um but yeah I mean that it's not easy for some players for other players they just need to have a strong support team in place and then they can deal with it okay um, you know, look, the Australians have to travel so, so much, so many months on the road. They are all, always talking about how difficult that is for them. So, yeah, I mean, lots to think about. It is not just about forehands and backhands by any means. That is possibly the smallest part, it, particularly when these players are all really, really good. <laughs> the ones here at Loughborough, they're all really good. It's such a high standard. I mean, their forehands, backhands, serves. I mean, they're all great. Yes, they need a little bit of work here and there, but ultimately, um, yeah, they've got plenty of opportunity. I have an announcement for you, then. Oh, no. Oh, no. Have you started a new golf podcast? <laughs> well, that was my announcement. I will not be starting um, a golf podcast. <laughs> oh, well, that's not an announcement. It's, it's not an announcement if you're not announcing something. Well, it is because I'm announcing that I won't be. So how is that not an announcement? The announcement is that I'm not starting it. Okay, fine. Do you know what? I'll give you that seeing as I pretended to make a comeback earlier in the pod. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Mine was more of an announcement than yours. <laughs> Because yours, yours was just made up. No, it it was great, and I've I've walked around the Glen Eagle Centenary Course maybe more than I ever thought I would. And I'm not used to. I'm not a golfer. I don't play golf, um, so I'm not used to walking around golf courses. And we were finding shortcuts, and I was going, you know, I was going in the rough and in shrubs, and we had gale force winds blowing us sideways, and rain that was going. The rain was going horizontally. I mean, it was. But um, so I've definitely I've definitely done my steps. For the year, I would say. Did you get to keep your hat? It's a good hat. Yeah, we got we got some lovely we got some lovely kit. They gave us sensibly some waterproofs, so we could sort of look the part out on the course, including my my blue my blue bobble hat. I actually swapped that with Marcus Buckland because I had um mine was a sort of they gave me a white with a bit of yellow and a bit of blue, and I came into the office and he's a Tottenham fan, big Tottenham fan, and he had the blue hat. And he said, my problem is I can't have this hat because it's like I support Chelsea. He said, I can't, I can't, I cannot. He said, do you want to swap? He said, I could wear the white one to Tottenham. So that all went on on, on day one. Well, that's good. Well, there you go. It's not so bad if you look like you support Chelsea. So everyone was happy. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, they kissed us, kitted us out in the right kit. And as I say, because I'm not used to being on golf courses. Everyone had told me about layering up. And so I... So I was going out looking like the, the Michelin man. You know, I had about <laughs> 10 layers on. But uh, no, it was good. A lot of walking. My left calf may never be the same. <laughs> I think it was all the kind of up, then down, then up, 
then down. And depending who you're working with. Why the left one? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's just the left one. The right one seems fine. The left one, left one's suffering. I'm not sure the left one's going to be recovering anytime soon. And on one of the days, the players were going quite slowly. A lot of them were put on the clock for going too slowly. And then we got to the singles on Sunday. They were flying. <laughs> I mean, they were literally like, oh, wow. Uh, at one point, we had a toilet break. Came out, they're gone. <laughs> we were like, we've now lost our players. So we had to charge. No, it, it was great fun. Amazing experience. Europe won the Solheim Cup. It was going to be my match or the other match for the winning putt. So I was getting a little bit nervous, but it was it was the match ahead. It was Suzanne Petson. It was, it was an incredible experience. I have been offered golf lessons by some of my colleagues. Oh. I don't think I'd be very good at golf. I don't think I've ever offered you tennis lessons. Do you want tennis lessons? <laughs> I feel like that should have been one of the first things I've offered. Actually, you know, you haven't, have you? Four years in, and I, I will allow you to be on the court with me. Well, from what you were just saying about your on-off switch, I'm a little bit scared because if you switch it on, uh, I'm not sure. Actually, I've just found a little tennis course for the boys because one of the twins, oh. I, I think he's a non-contact sport kind of fella. Good. Definitely the way to go. He's a bit like, well, I'm not sure about this. And he kept saying, I think because they hear me talking about tennis a lot. He said, I want to play tennis. So I found a little kind of toddler course, little ball, spongy ball thing. So we're going to try that. I'll report back next week because if it's a disaster, I might I might bring you in. But we're going to we're going to see how we go. Oh, good. Are you going to be one of those nightmare parents? Have you already just have had visions of you ending up <laughs> commentating on your own son? <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, no, I'm going to be, uh, I think I'm, uh, when I go to like rugby and everything, I'm, I'm very good. I just sort of chuckle and stand there. Although I'm, I'm getting a bit nervous. There is a, there is a mum's night out this week, oh. which I'm, I'm slightly hesitant about. I think I probably should go, but they're already at drop off. You should definitely go. Well, already at drop off, there's like big circle of mums all together, and it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit. You talk about sort of tennis parents. I think I think they're worse. Well, I, 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 I don't know enough yet. I'm gonna. You know more about tennis parents, and I'm only getting into school parents, but it can be quite intimidating because they have their kind of groups. And you're kind of, oh, I don't know, it's, it's, yeah. So I might, I'll report back on the mum's night. We actually, we have to talk about tennis parents because Belle Bumbles Do we? sent us a message saying, can we have a discussion about tennis parents? And Belle was thinking about Bianca Andreescu's mum, Maria, who really became one of the stars of the US Open. So good. Could you imagine being like that if if your <laughs> if your son was playing? I mean, it, it was there's this gif isn't there of her yeah. when Bianca's won the first set and it just <laughs> says something like she's just won the first set of the biggest match of her career and she's just kind of clapping but the most <laughs> polite and I mean no noise was coming out of those claps. It was silent clapping ultimately just tapping <laughs> the hand together and she just looked like she kind of looked bored to be honest. I'm sure she wasn't. But it's just the facial expression. I'm sure that was just her nervous face. But it was just kind of, okay, are we nearly done yet? That's just kind of <laughs> what it looked like. And it was quite extraordinary. But I know, something tells me you wouldn't be as calm, Shishi. And she has um, she has big, perfect hair. I definitely wouldn't have big, perfect hair. If you, oh, that's disappointing. If you, if you type in Google, Bianca Andreescu's mum, the next word that comes up is hair. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, it's, it's, it, I, I think, would I be... I'm not sure. I think I'd be... I don't know. I don't think I'd be one of those. But Well, yeah, tennis will be interesting next week. Look, I, Hey, look, I, I can't say anything from the sidelines on a tennis squad. Never played professionally. But commentating... Yeah, can you imagine if I start commentating? They'll be like, 
Who is that? So we are we're getting into the world of tennis. It might only last one trial session. Um, but no, at one point, you and I will have to go on tennis court together. But I've said this before. It, it would all end badly. It might be the end of the podcast because I'd probably laugh, maybe slightly out of nerves with you about to thunder the ball towards me. You'd flick on your on switch and get all, oh, I'm on a tennis court and very competitive. <laughs> it, it could be the end of a lovely friendship. It could be the end of a blossoming podcast. I just, I don't know whether you and I need to put that, but you know, they say don't mix business with pleasure. I just don't think maybe we need that in our relationship. Okay. Well, do you know what? If you're not brave enough to, then, uh, well, maybe I can hit with your boys. There we go. See, if you're not brave enough to, it's exactly my point. <laughs> it's exactly my point. Right, I'm going to put a four-year-old on court with you <laughs> and I'm going to see what happens. Um, but tennis, I mean, tennis parents, they are, they must be just fascinating, stroke, scary, Stroke horrific, stroke nice. Well, now you have already passed the test, the number, the first test, without knowing. You'll make a great tennis parent because you said that you wouldn't be able to give any sort of input. You wouldn't be able to shout anything from the sidelines because you've not played. Even though you know so much about tennis, having commentated on thousands of hours of of, of tennis. And that was only that one match of Isna Mahu back in the day. But <laughs> you've done years of it. So you actually probably... Above most tennis parents would actually have a right to give any information to your your child, but unfortunately, a large majority of tennis parents believe that they know what to do. Now, I should just clarify: we talked a lot about Loughborough here. I'm not talking about the Loughborough parents. <laughs> I'm sure they're all very lovely. Are they there? Is it just children, or is it parents at Loughborough as well? Just kids, because they're all kind of at boarding school. But I, I met one on Monday because of drop off and and things like that, and had a lovely chat with her. But uh, um, yes, I. I, I couldn't, I'm not commenting about them. I'm sure they're all brilliant. <laughs> but uh, but just in general, um, the amount of tennis parents that just think they, they, they think they know. And I've heard phrases. Um, one of my favourite ones is um, I, I asked a parent once, oh, did you? Because he was kind of going on and on and on about stuff that he could do, like about the stuff that his, uh, his daughter should be doing on the court and telling me as the coach what I should be doing. And uh, and I, so I just kind of listened politely for a while. And I just said, oh, so do you play? And he said, no, I don't. And I said, oh, I mean, have you played previously? And he said, no, no, I've never played, uh, but I know how to. <laughs> so, oh. So, now I'm very confused. So you know, <laughs> you know how to play tennis. So you know everything that you can coach your daughter, <laughs> that you know how, but you can't actually do it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's basically the situation. So I was like... Right. There's a lot of things for parents to for tennis parents to get on with. There's a lot that we need them for as coaches. They need to do a really good job in a lot of areas. And actually making sure that we are doing our job is one of them. Like I like involved parents. I like parents kind of saying, right, you know, what about this and what about that? Asking questions, holding me to account. That's what they should do. But then they should be making sure I'm doing my job, but then let me do my job as soon as they know that I'm doing it, if you know what I mean. They don't need to interfere in that particular part. Have you ever had to tell any parents to leave? To leave? What, in a session? Yeah, maybe there's a session and you're trying to get on with things and you, maybe you can even see that the child's a bit like distracted by the parents and they're sort of yelling bits. Have you ever had to say, look, I think it just needs to be us two right now? Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely happened and it's quite a common thing to happen. Um, coaches will ban parents from practice sessions. They'll ban parents from matches. 
But I just don't think it's sustainable. If the parent really wants to be there, they're going to be there. And I'd much rather have the kid learn to deal with that as a situation. It's also good for me because they hear everything that I'm saying. So they know. So if if I'm going to kind of really be a little bit hard on a kid in one session, they're there and they're listening to it. Because one of the difficult thing is, things is when when you have a little bit of a mo of a mo, you have a little bit of a moan at a kid, and then they relay it to their parents, and then suddenly the parent comes storming in, Ooh. saying, "You said my kid was lazy." Oh. I said, "Oh no, no, no! I definitely didn't say that. I just thought they could work harder. That was that was the, <laughs> that was what I was saying. That's not at all what happened." And and then you get into this whole thing. So I would much, I find it easier to be tougher on kids when the parents are there. Yeah, because then they can hear everything. They can hear everything. I know that I'm not going to say anything out of order. You know, I know how to communicate. And also, you know, sometimes the kid is going to start crying or get upset <laughs> wow. because they don't like <laughs> hearing the truth. No, but they don't like hearing the truth. And look, some kids cry a lot. <laughs> oh wow it's not my fault <laughs> and, and the other thing you've got to be careful with children and I, I'm I'm talking sort of toddler age now is they can lie really well so yeah so, so so of the twins my youngest by three minutes he tells the truth so when he says that like so the other day I said um where's your water bottle did you bring it back from school yes mommy it's in the kitchen I asked the older one by three minutes, where's your water bottle? No, we left it at school because we were told that we could leave it. And some children leave their water bottles at school, so we didn't have to bring... I mean, it was the most amazing explanation. And I looked at them both and I had to decide which way to go. And and I always know that the youngest always speaks the truth. But it's amazing. The stuff they say is so convincing. Or they'll... not They don't mean to, but they'll twist something. So, or, so they'll come back from school and say, oh, I didn't play with anyone I've got no friends. No one played with me. And you speak to their teacher. Oh yeah, they played with X and Y, and they had a great time. <laughs> See, you're never you. And I'm ta- I'm talking kind of like four, but you're never quite sure. So if, as you say, if you haven't got the parents there, and you're saying you could work a bit harder, it's very easy for that to be. She thinks I'm lazy. And then for the parents to storm in. So I can I can see why it, <laughs> at times, especially if they're on the younger side, it's better it's better to have the parents close by. Yes, uh, oh, definitely, definitely. So I, I, I quite like parent involvement, but I also like to make it clear. So I love that you're involved. And as soon as you say that, they suddenly are kind of, oh, okay, because so many coaches are just saying to them, go away, stop talking, stop interfering, just leave me to it. And they're just never going to do that. They just don't want to. So, And it's their kid. They're not going to do it. Um, so I always say, like, I love that you're involved. I've got so much for you to take on here. Like, <laughs> are you happy with that? Um, you know, because you, you can sense the ones that really want to be doing something. And they almost feel uncomfortable if they're not doing stuff because they feel like they're not doing well enough for their kid. And I, I've got an endless list of stuff that I want them to get on with. Um, and I want them because you can ask them to do lots of videoing. You can ask them to take stats. You can ask them to do all these different things which are not interfering at all because I don't want them to give their opinion on the stats or the videos and that sort of stuff. I just want them to do that. But they feel useful, you know, and even in a match, if they're nervous, they can kind of feel like they're doing stuff. I don't care about stats of a 10-year-old's match. i got no interest. It makes no difference. Stats are not relevant. (laughs) Can you imagine that? We're looking at percentages of a 10-year-old. Like, it's absolutely (laughs) absurd. Um, But parents will kind of latch onto that and enjoy it. Um, And speaking of that... For the first time, I think in tennis history, 
I'm going to have to go because I've got to get on court. No, come on. No, you can't do this. this. is the first in however many episodes. Your day off, you've got nothing to do. and I've got to go. I just want to keep talking. Can we? I've got loads of things I want to talk about. Can we just keep talking? No, I'm sorry. We're <laughs> going to have to wait until next week. Oh, I can't believe this. Well, um, if as I say, if you do more hours on court, if you do decide to come back something, let me know. I'll get some camera equipment. Uh, I've got some time off now. I'll come to Loughborough and we'll put together a beautiful video. Okay. Oh, so okay. keep me in mind for that. And um, <laughs> <laughs> wish me luck on the mum's night out. I I, I think I'm quite nervous about this. So, so wish me luck. I wish you all the luck in the world. I think you're going to be absolutely fine. I think I'm just going to sit in the corner and listen. I think that's, that's that's my game plan for this. If you want to fit in, the best thing to do, talk about your tennis prodigy son. There we go. Oh, and I remember I've got a golfing prodigy. Remember he got a hole in one. There you go. Remember that, which, which I never saw. Wow. I'm going to sit in the corner quietly, but I will report back and um, enjoy the tennis. Another five hours for you today. Ooh, okay, yeah, I better start warming up. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See ya. Bye. <laughs>